Did you know that you are wonderfully weird? You've been created to be as unique and one-of-a-kind as your fingerprint, fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. My name is John Waters, and over the next few minutes, Drake Hunter, senior pastor at Elevating Life Church in Fort Morgan, Colorado, and author of the book Wonderfully Weird, now available through Westbow Press, will help you learn more about your own wonderful weirdness. Now, Wonderfully Weird Living. Well, we do welcome you back once again to Wonderfully Weird Living, the podcast featuring author, speaker, coach, pastor, uh, probably like softball player. I don't know what other hats you wear, but Drake Hunter. Hello. I, d- I did change diaper a diaper last week. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, nursery changer. worker. Yeah, I love it. Nursery worker. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to keep adding more and more hats every <laughs> yes. week, I guess. So anyway, uh, well, I want to, uh, first of all, since uh, last week, I kind of forgot about this, but I wanted to wish you a happy Father's Day last week. Thank you. Uh, we got so wrapped up in the podcast that it kind of slipped my mind, but I uh, uh, just wanted to say that. And to all the dads out there. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Luke, I'm your father. That was the message that Sunday. Remember that? Right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, this week, we want to talk about motivation. Yes. And um, in your message on Sunday at Elevating Life Church, uh, you used the uh, clip from the movie I See Dead, or um, Sixth Sense, yes. where the, the little boy says, I see dead people. And I think we're all familiar with that clip. But it's unfortunate that... Uh, that clip is so true in our church today, in the, the universal church in Christianity. Uh, there's an awful lot of dead people walking around. Yes, and that story parallels with Ezekiel, of course, where, you know, there's Ezekiel in his conning tower of life, if you will, and he's, uh, you know, he's observing and looking, and all he said, all he, excuse me, see, is, is dead dead bodies or dead bones right in, in in that book of ezekiel and 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 the same today you know that was reality back then in in that point of history but today uh, without a shadow of a doubt it, it's definitely it it at least this it seems like the bones are getting a little taller uh since then and we you know we look out there and we see a lot of christians that are dead in the faith uh, i don't know how else to put it mm-hmm. uh and uh, but believing that in that dream, let's put it that, in that condition, they believe they're alive, mm-hmm. but they're dead. And of course, we see dead people, and it's it's sad. It's it's my goodness, almost miserable, isn't it, John? But let's turn the corner a little bit here. That's what's so awesome about the Christian faith that we can conquer death, and then we can actually bring life back to those bones, and we can really create a movement for Christ today like uh, we've never seen in the history of civilization, because uh, that's exactly what the Christian faith is all about, to live in that reality in the sense of life. And of course, Jesus is life. And once we lean into that reality, we can see, see it, face it, let's say embrace the negative aspect of what that is too in the sense of let's resolve some issues some problems uh we're going to get back to the purpose of god or the plan of god that he has in place and wow wouldn't that just be absolutely wonderful and wonderfully weird to boot absolutely (laughs) well and that leads right into the passage that you used to set it all up on sunday from colossians chapter 3 verses 23 and 24 where the apostle paul says whatever you do and boy what powerful words right there whatever 
you do. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And that difference between working for the Lord versus working for human masters, which can include us, our own selves, yeah, we're that's right. human. That's right. Um, and unfortunately, we tend to replace Christ with those human masters all too often. Yeah, the Lord, you know, two weeks ago we preached it, right? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Now, uh, we we can see what's going on. What's, what's the reason for all the dead people? Well, first and foremost, it's obvious we're not trusting in the Lord properly or the way uh, we are to do in the sense of whatever you do because death is not the outcome of the Christian system or that faith. It's only life. So we know that the solution is we've got to bring trust back properly and that trust is in the Lord, but we have to lean into that. We have to truly understand what that is uh, in the sense of truly providing proper motivation so that we are truly serving the uh, our Christ, or excuse me, we are serving Jesus Christ, our Lord, that's what I was trying to say there, uh, in a way that's going to truly uh, provide a good life, but more than that, that then we become more, we become better. Uh, we are, we stay hungry in a way that's going to be um, managed or self control or however you want to put that with the fruits of the spirit good steward with that so that you can truly flourish not only as an individual because that's selfishness isn't it but together with god and with other people your neighbor and that is interpret it your neighbor is human beings right now there's many people out there like no it means your christian neighbor no it does not it means your neighbor human being and that just makes sense now what we need to talk about is okay what's your priorities uh, which what relationships are you going to lean into because we do need to reach those lost people our neighbor with christ and then bring them in in the sense of that faith why because they're dead they're not even born yet right. so we can't even we're not really talking Spiritually about them speaking right yeah <laughs> so we're talking about those that are dead in the faith as ezekiel spoke towards and 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 that reality is is just it is where we're at now you got to be careful here we we don't focus on death we focus on life right but we do have to be aware it's called situational awareness in the sense of the military term and really understand what's going on do we see christian zombies yes do we see sleepwalkers uh in the sense of relationship do we see piles uh i called them carcasses on sunday piles of dead bodies uh in the faith well absolutely there's a lot of christians doing nothing nothing in the sense of serving their Lord properly. For them, it was just all about uh, fire insurance. Yeah. And if they believe they are and nothing's happening, that's known as fantasy. They're not living in reality. Right. And so many people don't understand reality for many different reasons. But this isn't a condemning message. What this is, is a wake-up message so that we can uh, come back alive 
uh, lean into that reality again and then fix those issues so that we can get back to the purpose of God rather than what's happening in the Christian faith today, living in all of our problems and our uh, all of our differences and everything that's happening. We have to understand why that's happening. We're not trusting in the Lord and we're not leaning into the Lord's reality. We're leaning into our own reality. It doesn't work. Leaning in your own reality will end up being dead. Right. So so what we have to get to then is what your the core of your message was about is what is our motivation? What's our motive? What's our intent as a follower of Christ? Right. And that's a that's a simple question, but yet it's a huge question all at the same time. Yeah, the topic was motivation. And of course, going two weeks ago now in the message of trust, actually motive is a factor of trust. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to kind of pull it out. Uh, in, in the sense of that factor of trust. And now let's look at it in the sense of what it truly is in the sense of the content of what is motivation, right? Because we have to have proper motives when it comes to being in the faith. And so that motive is, are you driven? Are you motivated because of human masters? Or are you motivated because of the Lord? And, and we have to lean into that, uh, that so we, we have proper understanding so we can develop trust in the Lord. And so, the, you know, John, I just something just came to mind. The way I think about this, how do you know if you have proper motives or not? Let me ask you this question that's listening. John, you're here. Are you a Coke machine in the sense of who you are? Or are you truly that child of God that's living properly with the proper motives? Now, what do I mean by that? A Coke machine, if you think about it, is motivated when you put a quarter into uh, okay. the, 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 the little slot there. And then, of course, you put a quarter in, it's going to do something. It's going to give you a product or a service. Boy, that's a great analogy if, if you think about it. And that just came to my mind because that's exactly how many Christians are living. You know, they're living for that quarter to be put in and that's what motivates them. And then they provide some service. And if you don't put that quarter in, you ain't getting my service. You ain't going. Remember, it's the Lord we serve, folks. Mm-hmm. And the way a human or excuse me in the human uh what what term I, i'm looking for a philosophical term here in human humanity what's the word i'm looking for here people you know what i'm talking about uh in in the sense of that uh world view it's more of a mechanical why i'm slipping but anyway it's that machine mentality mm-hmm. you feed me some money i'll do a service other than that i ain't doing it so that's a win-win situation, isn't it? And how many Christians are, I'll wake up in the morning. I have no problem wake up in the morning because I got to go to work to get my quarter and I'll give them a service. Then I come back home and then I, I serve my own needs. Mm-hmm. That's not the Christian faith. You might have some Christian values, but if that's your highest priority and that's what gets you in into out of bed in the morning and then you need whatever that is at the end well we've got a huge problem you got it backwards that's not serving the lord that's serving a human master and as i shared on sunday there's many different human masters in our lives first and foremost uh, an employee uh, as you see in colossians 3 if you read that uh, paul actually just breaks down the different areas of motivation and he gets to that uh verse 23 and 24 and he's talking about the 
uh, service and being a slave and employees and employers and all that. But let's let's go back bigger than that. We serve a lot of people uh, without realizing it. So let's kind of break that down a little bit today. So you think of those different human masters. First of all, we get the employee or excuse me, the employer. Mm-hmm. Another one that comes to mind is let's say family, right? bunch of human beings that come in and they want you to serve their traditions their values uh and and their relationships if you will their experiences before you serve the lord that's why a lot of people don't go to church i got this pressure coming from uh family and all this and i've got to go do this first that's my highest priority don't forget whatever your behavior is whatever that acting is uh displays your motives Mm mm-hmm and so, or, you know, self, going back to exactly what you talked about, uh, Sunday morning comes the night before, we're all pumped up, we're motivated to go, but then they wake up the next morning and they're tired and their feelings and they're going to start serving their own feelings, so they're sleeping in, they're not, they're not going to go, and, and then all of a sudden they're serving themselves, they become the human master, outside of what the priority is, get to a place that's going to help you grow, fill up your spiritual tank, fill up your emotional tank, fill up your uh, mental tank, and then that will truly help you physically that might sound like the great commandment for some people it is the great commandment but they decide that they're going to serve their needs first and foremost their hunger and then what happens we're not serving the lord Mm -hmm. and then we ask ourselves well then where's everybody out well get out of bed serve the lord Well, and on the other side of that, um, just because you're inside of a church building doesn't mean you're serving the Lord. You could be serving those other people because you just want to be seen. You just want to make sure that you're you're part of the group or uh, that people have good feelings oh, you about mean you sense and all of the that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, make sure you, when you're coming to church, though, you're getting that fuel you need right. because trust fuels, uh, you know, uh, inv- or fuel is that investment that you need you got to fill yourself up with those truths and all that but if you're just there because you don't want people to judge you or it's an expectation or if it's an expectation and you're not even there you're not really there's no together this there there's more i got to do it because it's what the human masters in the sense of the even the people the church expects you're still serving human masters if you think about it so it all comes down who are you serving and 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 again it could be yourself it could be well uh I will say this though, John. If that's choose the second, yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. get you there and we'll get you properly motivated. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's let's go back and let's define motivation. And you gave a good definition of it uh, in your message on Sunday morning, uh, so that we have that reference point uh, for everyone to work from when you're talking about motivation. Do you have it there in front of you? I do. I, I have the uh, definition I used on Sunday. It's, it's just this. Motivation is the reason or reasons a person has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Now, we have to go a little deeper here, John. Now, that's just the black and white dictionary definition of motives. But I want people to understand what motivates you. Well, one word, belief. Mm -hmm. So belief plus action equals faith. faith. Mm-hmm. And so whatever that belief is, I, I believe I'm hungry. 
or excuse me, let's go back to what we already talked about. I believe I'm tired this morning, and I believe I deserve a little bit more sleep. And so we start feeding that self-gratification without realizing it, and then then you miss the opportunity of something that's divine in the sense of truth and reality. And then before you know it, you get into that habit. But because of why? The belief. I worked hard. I was a hard Coke machine this last week. And, you know, there was a lot of quarters that were put into me and I provided a lot of service. And, okay, let's think about that, folks. (laughs) Uh, That will give you an external paycheck. But there's something vitally uh, important that's missing here. Mm Mm-hmm the intrinsic paycheck that only the Lord can give you. And you need to serve that first and foremost so that you can fill your emotional tank, your mental tank, your spiritual tank, your relationship tank, which then will give benefit to the physical body. You want to know why so many people are sick and and physically out of it? Go back to those three other areas in the sense of mental, emotional, and spiritual. The physical body, the brain, is only going to feed you on what your belief is. So you're freaked out, anxiety, toxicity is your makeup and everything. And all you live on is adrenaline and cortisol and everything that the brain pres- and you're not you're not to live in that condition for a long period of time, short period of time. But that's how most people live. And then they miss out on the practical side of that paycheck, the serotonin, the dopamine, and everything that gives you the God cocktail to get you healthy physically, mentally, and all of that. Hopefully that made sense, but uh, there hopefully there's some understanding there because what motivates you is what is going to drive you. And if you get into a negative pattern with those beliefs or you're serving the human master, share with me what's going to happen. Well, there's only one solution, death. For the wages of that sin is death. Does that make sense, John? Sure. Okay. So can we say that uh, another way to talk about what your motivation is, what are you hungry for? That's the perfect way to put it. Well, you know, you go back to the uh, wilderness with Jesus, right? Matthew chapter 4. Uh, and we see that human beings are hungry. Mm-hmm. Jesus was hungry. Right. 40 days, 49, what's the expectation? Well, hungry. Well, even God got hungry in the sense of his responsibility in that time and in his role and his responsibilities. So hunger is not the issue. Right. (laughs) But look at what Jesus did. He managed it well with Satan, the tempter, if you will, trying to do everything he could. That means to turn Jesus' direction, that masculine direction, going, not God, but mine. Just feed yourself a little bit. Feed yourself. You're human now, Jesus. Go ahead and feed yourself. Feed. That's okay. You deserve it. Jesus never gave in. Why? Because he's the example. And we need to learn that when we get hungry, that we have to make sure that we're not tempted and we fall into that temptation that then puts us on a different path death the question asked already are you on the path of life or death well mm-hmm. jesus only brings us to life anything on the up opposite side of that death so how often in one day are we hungry let's say mentally or physically or and we fall into that temptation without realizing it now you're 
fundamentalist or those that are radical out there are going to tell you this is what this means. No, we can be hungry for anything mm-hmm. and we can be tempted with anything. But it comes back down to the fruit of the spirit. Don't fall in love without self-control because if you don't manage that well or umpire that well is a better word in your life you're going to end up dead and how do we know this to be true you can go to school seminary but all you have to do is get in the conning tower of your life and look at all the zombies that we that we just went through the christian zombie all the sleepwalkers in their relationships they're just nothing more than roommates not doing anything and all the dead carcasses that are piled up throughout history to see that that is reality. You don't need a PhD to figure that out in our day and age. And if you can't see that, then let me encourage you to wake up because you're one of the statistics. Right. And you can be fighting, you can argue, you can live in denial, you can do all of that. Folks, we've got to wake up if we're going to do something uh, in the sense of what life truly is in, in creating that movement for Christ in our day and age uh, here in Morgan County and, as I say, beyond. You mentioned it in there, but I just want to make sure that we have the understanding. It's not wrong to be hungry. In fact, no. you need to be hung- <clears throat> Excuse me, hungry, but it's what you're hungry for. Right. So you think about the Egyptians and the Israelites. What did the Egyptians do to the Israelites before they were rescued, before Moses came and brought them into the desert? They oppressed them. They took the hunger out of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you what, you go into many, many different situations in Christian churches, and all they do is take the hunger out. With guilt and shame and and condemnation and and then of course then we find excuses and blame and everything else what is that doing that's taking the hunger hunger away in the Christian faith and suppressing or maybe the better word is op- creating oppressed people right. where the hunger's no longer there and then what happens in Christianity I used it on Sunday it, what happens is just like uh, in in uh, a um, an actual situation where there's no food being fed practically to the body same thing happens spiritually we have we have the condition known as anorexia anorexia of life and then what happens in 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 reality with in, in that sense is physically actually what happens is the person hunger is gone right uh what a miserable place to be physically but let's talk about it spiritually because how many people are no longer hungry and that is their condition and the only if there's no food that's going to be sometimes you got to force force feed we don't like doing that but man you're dying mm-hmm. and 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 hopefully you know you can get that spiritual food jesus is the bread of life Mm-hmm. And Christian, when you're not leaning into that and taking a daily dose of, of food of the bread, you're gonna you're you're dead. Now you you might well maybe you're in a coma. You're not dead, but you're living. I'm thinking of a movie called Jacob's Ladder, where uh, the main character went into a coma and they thought they were alive, but they were dead the whole time. Or clinically, not clinically, but in the sense of that coma. I tell you what. Uh, We've got to understand our condition. And if wherever you're at, your family, if they are taking that hunger away, or if that hunger is not there, that means there's no passion, it's gone. And you've just 
fallen into that condition now known as the Pink Floyd condition, comfortably numb, mm-hmm. you need to get to a spiritual doctor. And we need to get you uh, a prescription. Uh, we need to get, well, actually, we need to get you a health plan in place, then give you some prescription. You need some support. You need some love. You need some grace. You need time. You need all of that that it takes to, to grow and to get back to a, at least a, your pulse is starting to beat again right. to right. the point where then we'll get you healthy and then you're going to come out of it. You'll be healed as we've been talking about at Elevating Life Church. Then we'll get to a surrendered life and then we get to the abundant life. And the only way it's going to happen is first and foremost if that's your condition fine forgive yourself wake up don't dwell in it get some help uh and and there's many places but make sure you're going to the right doctor (laughs) and to get the right prescription you actually gave a prescription uh for that Mm -hmm. uh, anorexia of life on sunday morning yeah and i gave that the first one of course is the commands of christ right you know and of course jesus is the bread of life and we have to learn the commands of Christ. How many Christians, your average Christian, I'd walk up to him and say, share with me some of the requests throughout the Gospels that God made uh, in the sense of what are those commands that he shared throughout uh, the entire Gospels? Well, we, we know at this point there's nearly 50. Mm-hmm. And you talk to your average Christian, it was quite interesting five years ago when I came to this community going, can you name one command? Now, I was hoping for the great commandment. That didn't even come out. And it was, it was like, wow, that reality hit me hard. And I'm like, okay, what we have to do is, first and foremost, understand what the gospel is. Good news. Now, if you don't understand those commands or if they're not in you, then how can you say you have the character of Christ? Mm-hmm. Because he lives within us. Well, you have the seed when you first become a new Christian, but then there has to be some type of uh, method, some type of um, character that's being built. Fertilizer. And then you got to get some mistakes, fertilizers, and some other things in there. But think about it, Christian. If you don't have the character of Christ intentionally, or you can be immature, that's fine, but you want to grow in that. Mm-hmm. Well... <clears throat> If you don't have the commands of Christ, even the the basics of that, reality needs to hit you in the face and understand, well, you need to get some bread of of life in you. And that's only through the commands of Christ. Uh, If if that's not happening and you're just living a life under the Christian heading, you're under the blessings of God. But let me say, you're just a spoiled little child because right. my my six-year-old lives under my blessings and we're developing that character but if you're 30 40 50 all the way up and you're just living and there's no intent to come out of that condition or to truly feed yourself properly the way the christian faith is designed all i see is dead people and i know that's radical john but i think people need to start hearing this right especially after the pandemic and everything going on we're missing the mark and so that prescription is first and foremost Get into the Gospels first and foremost. Let me say this. Don't try to interpret it yourself. Right. Get to true channels that know how to interpret those properly. Let me say that loud and clear. And then you can eat a piece or you have a, a, a piece of Jesus, that bread, once a week, and you just learn it. But you've got to learn it 
examine it well, you've got to interpret it well, and then you've got to practice it well so that you can truly grow in that life that you claim to be yours. So that's number one. Okay, go ahead. That's the first part of the prescription. The second part is, well, you need a support system. You, you need you need a family. This is where the family of God comes in, and not only just anybody that has the right attitude, but you got to have right attitude with the right ability. Get to a church that knows how to do this, and you keep yourself in that support system. Because I'm going to let you hit on this a little bit because we talked about this. Because you only have so much knowledge, you only have so much. You need to support system that will feed you and that is the local church and you need to get to the gas station once a week not only in the sense of the bigger family but in a support group or life group we call them at church so i'm going to turn it back over to you john because you had some brilliant comments before in our production meeting to to really give some light to that as well you know where i'm going with that well, I, I likened yeah. it to the low fuel light on your car yeah there you go and uh, uh when i was meeting with a, a group a life group and uh, you know unfortunately so many christians drive around with their low fuel light on all the time but they refuse to go put fuel back in because by golly, I know how far I can go. Yeah. I'm, I'm the master of this, you know. And in fact, one of the people in the life group kind of made a joke about that she does that. Yeah. You know, she tries to prove the vehicle wrong when it says you have seven miles left. Uh, she tries to go 12, you know, kind of thing. But instead, what we're called to do is to continually fill that tank. Right. And we fill it through, just as you were saying, the commands of Christ, through relationships with other healthy Christians who are uh, feeding into us and, and and then we're able to feed into others. And, and instead of letting that tank get down to the low fuel light, continuing to fill it so that we don't have that concern anymore. Right, other human beings are brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me say it this way, as I said two weeks ago who have your back Mm -hmm. they want the best for you they want those people want uh, you to be successful or we can say just as fruitful uh, you know together we call that togetherness there's a careless trust there then you've got to find that type of experience when it comes to a local body or church that we've got your back we've Mm -hmm. got your interest because we want to do this together it's not a one up one down mentality you're not for us or whatever it's we're with one another with that motivation in place to help those that need help and then those that can help you help and we get there together Mm-hmm. And you have to, you ha- you do that through uh, filling each other's up, each other's tanks up, because I only know so much, you only know so much, and so I had uh, kind of experienced last time going well. You, you kept hearing this, I, I, me, me. I have the ability. I have the ability. You only have so much ability. Quit saying that. Right. That's the biggest mistake. Well, I got the ability. Yeah, I got the ability. Well, <laughs> not no, you don't. <laughs> well, and coming back to your book, Wonderfully Weird, understanding the four faces yeah. as well, that that each of those faces has fuel that they can Strengths. put into yeah. that into your Power. tank. And so uh, if we're not utilizing that, not taking advantage of other people's strengths in our life, we're missing out horribly. Yeah, the body of Christ only says that I got to tap into, you know, this aspect of the body so that we can connect properly so that we have a full body. Well, the finger only knows so much, the arm knows so much, and they all work 
together. Yes, you have a command post, but that command post can only do so much. It can't do anything without all the other parts. Right. I want to say command post. I'm thinking of mind and brain, of course. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got the perfect, uh, you know, mind and brain of Jesus. But then we have those imperfect models as well. And you have just the different, different uh, aspects of the body. And if you think that you have all the ability, you think you are the body. You think you have all the ability? It doesn't work. It doesn't even right. make sense. If you think you're all that in a bag of Doritos with the Mountain Dew on the side, <laughs> we got some work to do. And and so and then and the thing is, you can walk away from this podcast or whatever thinking I'll do what I want. I promise you. I promise you. I guarantee you. If you have that attitude of I'll do what I want, even with interpretation and all that, you're going to be a statistic, and you're going to become one of those dead bodies. And then you're going to be, as I shared on Sunday, another statistic in a message called "I see dead people." Right, exactly. So, uh, first of all, I'm going to encourage everyone to get their copy of Wonderfully Weird and and read about the four faces, the four different temperaments uh, that you uh, uncover in the book. But we do want to leave you with some things to think about uh, out of this time together. One of those uh, uh, came directly from your message, word for word. I copied it straight in. It's, is your intent or motive in life driving you and your relationships to the valley of dry bones, which is death, or is it steering you to the promised land where fulfillment and satisfaction are the paycheck of a life well lived. And that's that intrinsic paycheck again. Sounds something I would I would say. Yeah, that was word for word. <laughs> Number two, who is the who is or are the human masters that you must put in the proper place in life? And yeah. that includes ourselves. Yeah. We have to have that right uh, alignment. Yeah. And, and we need to hear this too, I think. You know, when we say human master, that just means that human becomes your highest priority. All you have right. to do is, you know, we love, we, we love people. But when it's out of place, that's where the human master syndrome comes in. And we have to be so aware of that. Right. For example, my wife is the most important person on the face of the earth to me. But she comes second to God. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's that simple. Yep. Uh, number three, are you truly hungry for an abundant life with God and others, or are you spiritually anorexic? Yes. And you need to diagnose that because it does, if you're not eating, you're not getting the understanding, you don't have the togetherness or the influence in place, you're that's the condition there's no way to get around you're dying it. yeah that's it well we uh we've used up all the time we have plus we've borrowed some so uh we're Sounds gonna typical. we're gonna have to get out of here for this week but we do invite you to join us again next week right here on wonderfully weird living and uh we will uh continue our discussion in the next uh, part of this ongoing podcast be sure you share this podcast with others let others know about it so they can be blessed through it as well and share it on your social media, all that kind of thing. Expose it to others because uh, I think it will be well worth uh, their time to listen in. And uh, we're filling each other's tanks in that way. So, Drake, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Right back at you. Thank you. For pastor and author Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us this week on Wonderfully Weird Living. Get your own copy of Drake's book, Wonderfully Weird, by logging on to www.wonderfullyweirdliving.com. Also, let us know if you have any questions or comments via our email address, wonderfullyweirdliving at gmail.com. For author and pastor Drake Hunter, I'm John Waters. We'll see you next time.